Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Employment Law Podcast brought to you by the lawyers here at EI Legal. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, welcome. And to let you know, the Employment Law Podcast is a podcast aimed at HR professionals, in-house counsel, and really anybody who has an interest in the wonderful world of employment law. My name is Antonia Randalls and I'm a lawyer here at EI Legal and I'm joined today as ever by my colleagues Simon Obi and Ahana Larkia. Welcome both. Thanks Antonia. Hi Antonia. Hi everyone. Okay, so I think we should jump straight into it. Uh, this week we have decided to discuss some recent amendments made to uh, some Queensland legislation with respect to wage theft, uh, we thought it a good opportunity because I think this is the closest that the uh, Employment Law podcast is going to get to true crime. So it's going to be riveting this week. Um, but what I might get you guys to do first up is just run us through the uh, changes generally. Um, and Ahana, if you could also perhaps talk a little bit about what led to these changes in Queensland. Thanks, Antonia. Okay, so I guess just to give a bit of a background, um, the Queensland Parliament's Education, Employment and Small Business Committee, uh, it conducted an inquiry into wage theft um, in Queensland specifically, and it tabled a report. And the findings of the report were quite, you know, extraordinary in that it found that wage theft is endemic and affected around 437,000 Queensland workers. Um, and there was an estimated cost of 1.2 billion in wages and 1.12 billion in unpaid superannuation annually. So that's quite a significant amount. Um, and in response to that report, the uh, bill was introduced and specifically the bill aimed um, to implement the underlying policy, the main two recommendations um, in the part sorry, that the committee recommended. And those were, the first of those recommendations was to ensure that the wage recovery process for Queensland workers are simple, quick and low cost. Um, and the second recommendation was um, for Queensland to legislate to make wage theft a criminal offence where the conduct was proven to be deliberate or reckless. So as I mentioned, in response to those two primary recommendations, a bill was introduced um, and that was came into effect, I think, very recently in September. So essentially, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, great. And Simon, with respect to that first um, or one of those recommendations, um, recommending that the government legislate to make wage theft a criminal offence, um, can you talk us through a little bit about how that's actually come to fruition? Yeah, sure. So um, what's happened is that the, um, the wage theft legislation amends um, principally two existing um, legislative instruments in um, Queensland, the Criminal Code Act and the Industrial Relations Act. And what it does is um, makes wage theft uh, a, uh, an offence of stealing like um, other 
types of stealing that would be un unlawful under criminal criminal law and also makes um, wage theft uh, a type of fraud uh, and both of those things fraud and stealing are, are obviously um, already criminal offences uh, under Queensland law and um, are punishable by terms of imprisonment. So for the first time um, in Queensland, employers who uh, are deliberately um, underpaying uh, employees' entitlements can face um, periods uh, in, in prison. And that's obviously the, the um, big change which the legislation brings in. Um, as, as Ahana said, um, one of the recommendations, I think, in the report was to make sure that employers can be punished where they've been dishonest or, or reckless. I, I think that the legislation, as it's um, drafted, is only going to punish um, dishonest acts. So it's, it's only where um, it can be shown that the employer has um, deliberately underpaid entitlements, etc. It's not um, going to punish employers who make, uh, uh, you know, honest um, mistakes regarding paying their employees. And we'll just have to see, I think, with more guidance that comes out, exactly how um, the courts are going to make make that determination but but the intention is 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 it punishes dishonesty and it has um uh, a broad a broad reach in that um underpayments can um be things like underpaying uh, an employee under their entitlements under a modern award um deliberately misclassifying an employee under a particular level of, of award where they should have been a higher level, um, underpaying penalty rates such as overtime, weekend rates, um, unpaid superannuation, a, a whole um, range, range of um, things as well as um, wrongly classifying someone as a contractor when they should have been an employee. So. Um, it's 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 going to be wide-reaching and obviously the key takeaway from this is that whereas employers currently can be subject to quite significant fines under the Fair Work Act legislation for the first time in Queensland they could also um, face jail time as well. And Simon just circling back to um, those the difference, I guess, between a deliberate act and a reckless act. As our listeners may or may not be aware, there was some um, changes made to Victorian law as well with respects to wage theft. Um, so the Queensland legislation criminalises a deliberate act. Um, and is that different to the Victorian legislation? Yeah, so the Victorian legislation punishes recklessness as well as dishonesty. So um recklessness i suppose is um where an employer you know may have put their head in the sand um or or you know ha have made an underpayment through 
um, you know, complete carelessness, uh, not not taking adequate steps, not performing any due diligence, um, and that ending up with an underpayment. Queensland um, is going to be different if if an employer was being careless and that resulted in an underpayment that wouldn't be an offense but it, it would have to be an actual deliberate um, act they would have had to have known that they were doing um, something wrong um, to be caught by the Queensland legislation. Yeah great and Ahana was there something that you wanted to mention as well? Yeah, I thought I'd just, I guess, clarify because I know we've referenced Victoria. In Victoria, um, it was in about on the 16th of June that the Victorian Parliament passed the Wage Theft Act 2020. In Queensland, it's quite interesting. There's no Wage Theft Act. There's no separate piece of legislation. But it's more so the fact that the criminal code, which governs all criminal conduct in Queensland, that has specifically been amended and in particular the definition of stealing has been expanded and I thought I might read that out. Um, so there's a new section, section 391, 6 capital A, um, which provides that for, um, for stealing that is a failure to pay an employee or another person on behalf of the employee an amount payable to the employee or other person in relation to performance of the work by the employee is a thing capable of being stolen. So that's the new definition in the criminal code. And like Simon suggested, it's, it's very, it can capture a broad range of payments, including unpaid wages, penalties, but also um, unreasonable deductions. So if you're deducting something from an employee's pay, that could also be captured under the definition of stealing under the criminal code. Um, so yes, I thought I might, should I just clarify that point. Yeah, great. And maybe I should clarify that we're not criminal lawyers either. <laughs> so if you're a criminal lawyer listening to the EI Legal Podcast um, and you would like to add to our discussion um, on wage theft, please feel free. Uh, I thought uh, what we should do as well, Ahana, if you could maybe talk us through um, how this this other recommendation to take steps to ensure that the wage recovery process is more streamlined. Can you talk to us about how that's actually being put into practice? Sure, okay. So that part of it actually amends the Industrial Relations Act in Queensland. And that's an act that normally deals with, and I say normally because there's always exceptions to the rule, but it usually deals with state-based employees, whereas all, of us folk, we usually um, deal with the Fair Work Act. So you wouldn't necessarily have, you know, I guess, oversight of the Industrial Relations Act, but I used to practice in Queensland a while ago. So um, I've had some experience with dealing with the Industrial Relations Act and also the Queensland Industrial Relations Commission. So yeah, basically what it does is it amends the um, Industrial Relations Act to introduce a procedure for fair work claims, which previously was not um, I guess a thing and wage recovery claims. So basically what the amendments are is that the industrial magistrates court is now able to perform functions 
of a court under the Fair Work Act. So previously, if you had an underpayments claim, you'd go through like the small claims process under the Fair Work Act um, in the um, sort of federal jurisdiction. But now employees in Queensland, even if they're covered by the Fair Work Act, they'll have the ability to apply locally to the Industrial Magistrates Court. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that if they actually do start a Fair Work claim, um, the registrar can actually refer the parties to a conciliation before it goes to the industrial relations um, court, sorry, the industrial magistrates court. And when it goes to a conciliation, industrial commissioner will be able to conciliate the matter. So essentially how in fair work claims, say when you make an unfair dismissal claim, it goes to a conciliation, which is confidential and without prejudice. And it gives the parties an opportunity to settle the matter without having you know the time and cost to go to court so this introduced a procedure where it can be referred to a conciliation to again give parties an opportunity to try and settle the matter um yep simon you're going to say something yeah yeah so i guess i guess the kind of the key takeout for that for employers is that um it's going to be much easier for employees to bring underpayment claims at, at the moment if you're if you're bringing an underpayment claim through the Fair Work Act or, or through the um, small claims procedure, it can be quite onerous, and, and a, you know a number of employees will be put off from bringing those those claims because of the kind of bureaucracy that's involved. But but what's going to be in place going forward is is going to mean it's it's going to be a lot simpler process. So it's it's a lot more likely that an employee will bring a claim, I suppose. And um, we're very used to seeing lots of unfair dismissal claims and, and general protections claims, as you say, because it's such a simple process to, to, for an employee to bring a claim. But underpayment claims are a lot, a lot more rare, but that, that might well all change um, in Queensland going forward, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, Simon. Thanks. Because, yeah, you're right. With underpayment claims, you know, even if with small claims, which are claims um, under $20,000, it is a relatively sort of straightforward form. But just the thought of having to file something in court straight away can be daunting. Um, and in, I have found in my experience, employees are more sort of willing or likely to take something forward when they know there's an opportunity to get in a room with an employer and settle something um, before having to go to court. So I think, yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be a lot easier. So yeah, those are, I guess, the primary changes to the IR Act. And if a claim is not resolved during conciliation, then Fair Work System employees who are pursuing normal, no more than $20,000 can access the small claims um, through the Industrial Relations, um, sorry, Industrial Magistrates Court in Queensland. And they're not necessarily bound by, the court will not be bound by rules of evidence or anything like that. So it can be done quite informally. This is, of course, claims which are below twenty thousand. For any claims um, above twenty thousand, it's like a usual court process. The other amendment is that it, the Act also provides that evidence of anything that's done or said during that conciliation, usually, like I mentioned, it's without prejudice. It can't then be relied upon in court unless all parties agree. So, if the employer makes an admission or anything like that, it's without prejudice. Um, and it can't necessarily be relied upon if the matter goes to court. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the key changes. And I think it definitely, um, I guess, has addressed the recommendation to make 
wage recovery process a lot quicker and more cost effective for employees. Yeah, great. Thank you, Ahana. Uh, was there, before we sort of tie things up, was there anything that either of you wanted to mention with respect to the Victorian Wage Theft um, Act? Is there anything that maybe you wanted to briefly go over before we sort of end our conversation on wage theft? Yeah, I mean, I can, I guess, you know, we did a webinar, Simon and I did a webinar on um, Victoria's Wage Theft Act, but we didn't necessarily do a podcast, so it might be useful just briefly summarising it. Under, and I'm sure Simon will have things to add to it, but under the um, Victorian Wage Theft Act, um, the primary offences, and just give me a second while I bring that up. Yep, so the primary offences under that act um, are the dishonest withholding of employee entitlements, but also it go, goes slightly further than the Queensland um, Act in that it also makes it an offence for the falsification of employee entitlement records in order to obtain financial advantage for any person or to prevent exposure of an offence and also a failure to keep employee entitlement records. So there's also an offence in relation to failing to keep records or falsifying records um, where employees are doing so to obtain a financial um, advantage for themselves or they're trying to prevent um, exposing themselves to show that they've you know, underpaid an employee. So those are the key offences in the Victorian Wage Theft Act. I should also mention in respect to withholding an employee entitlement, it also states that where an employer authorizes or permits either expressly or impliedly another person to withhold an employee entitlement, that's also an offense. And that again um, is quite broad. So it can include, for example, where the employer is asking another person to, I guess, maybe deduct or not pay someone an amount. So for example, their bookkeeper, um, where Again, if it's a body corporate, it's a large employer, the employer's board of directors is sort of giving authorization um, for an underpayment to occur. Or there's, this is, I found this quite interesting. Um, what constitutes an employer authorizing or permitting another person to withhold employee entitlement, it can also include um, where the employer's not a natural person, proving that there's a corporate culture within an organization that not only directed, but also encouraged, tolerated, or led to the relevant conduct being carried out. So I thought that was quite interesting. And I, I thought I'd use an example. So say for example, there's um, a culture within a retail shop of not paying an employee with that beyond their rostered hours, or in a restaurant where an employee is sort of charging an employee for dropping food or breaking a plate, that can be a corporate culture, um, which I guess indicates that the employers authorizing or permitting um, any type of underpayment. So I thought that was quite interesting because that's not in the Queensland legislation, that's in the Victorian legislation. Um, in terms of penalties, in the case of a body corporate, it's approximately $991,000 and individuals who are found to have um, committed an offense under that act are subject to a maximum of 10 years imprisonment. So that's in very briefly what the Victorian Wage Theft Act deals with. And that uh, maximum of, of 10 years imprisonment uh, mirrors the maximum for 
stealing in the um, in the Queensland Criminal Code for this particular offence as well, I believe. Um, okay, Simon, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I don't think so. I mean, apart from, yeah, I was going to say the same point as you, that it's the, the maximum imprisonment under Queensland is, is 10 years for stealing, but 14 years for um, fraud. So, um, yeah, reasonably lengthy prison terms can, can follow from all that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Ahana, sorry, I saw you waving. <laughs> no, I just thought, I guess before we wrap up, um, you know, we talk about these things a lot, like, you know, this has come into, um, the, this legislation has passed and our clients uh, might be thinking, employers in particular, well, what do we do? Um, what do we do moving forward? What should my business do? So I just thought I'd sort of go through some key points. You can't necessarily, you're not going to get sued straight away, hopefully, but there's, you can be proactive and take certain steps. So I thought I'd make some key points. The first thing obviously is that they should ensure that your employees are being paid appropriately with reference to the applicable award enterprise agreement or any contract of employment. So now's a good time as any to undertake an audit of your business, especially if you're concerned. And of course we at EI Legal, we can certainly help you out with that. We conduct wage audits all the time. Um, the other key thing is you should ensure that employee records are being kept and maintained in accordance with the Fair Work um, regulations. Um, so yeah, it's not just paying someone correctly. It's also keeping proper records, including, um, issuing payslips to employees. Some whilst you're, I guess, if you're reviewing these things, it's also important to ensure that roles and positions are regularly reviewed with reference to their duties to make sure that their employees are appropriately classified, um, and that their salary may, is correct because, you know, especially under modern awards, the more you progress, if you are high, go higher, the award's going to go up because you're going to go up a pay grade. Even if you have an employee on a salary, you should ensure that you undertake a salary review because just because you're paying an annual salary doesn't mean that the employee is not covered by a modern award. Um, you should definitely ensure that you're reviewing everyone's salary with reference to any modern award, at least yearly. Um, a key thing, I guess this is in light of the Victorian Wage Theft Act, is that you should ensure that the corporate culture within a company is not which one which sort of would authorise or permit any underpayment. So there shouldn't be any sort of policies where, you know, you're sort of charging employees or deducting any amount for anything because that's going to be in breach of legislation. And lastly, I think this is quite important. Um, it's important to have training. So HR, management, payroll, accountants, all those staff who have oversight over employee pay, they have the appropriate level of training um, just to ensure that they understand how to comply with the applicable workplaces. So I thought I'd give some tips on what employers can do, especially considering wage theft is now being, I guess, is now a thing in certain um, jurisdictions and I'm sure others will follow. There's a bill in Western Australia. So yeah, I guess watch this space. Great, thank you so much for that, Ahana. I think um, I think that draws our true crime podcast to a close. Thank you both very very much. Um, before we close things off today, I should mention that all of the information 
contained in the podcast is general in nature and not intended to be legal advice. However, if you do require legal advice that takes into consideration your individual circumstances, please, please contact us at info at eilegal.com.au. Uh, if you'd like to say hello or give us some feedback, um, particularly if you're a criminal lawyer for this uh, for this episode, uh, or suggest a topic for the podcast, please shoot us an email. We would also love to hear from you. So thank you both. Uh, we will see you all next time for another episode of the Employment Law Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you.